Shalom and welcome to Daily Bread for Busy Moms, a daily Bible reading podcast that goes through the whole Bible in a year. We follow along with the weekly Torah portions and read daily from the Torah, the prophets, the writings, and the apostles. If you want to learn more about the podcast or connect with us online, find us at dailybreadmoms.com. There you'll find information about the journal. Um, that's the Bible reading plan that we use, um, which Bible translation we use, and how to contact us. You'll also see information about how you can support the podcast by becoming a patron and how we can connect with you more. We've got some new things for our sweet patrons and are excited to let you hear from us in more ways beyond the daily Bible readings. So find us at dailybreadmoms.com. We look forward to connecting with you. Let's get to our podcast episode for today. My name is Sarah Ruth and I'll be your reader today. Today is Friday, November 17th, and it is the 4th of Kislev on the Hebrew calendar. Today in history, Zechariah receives a prophecy about true fasting. We can read this in Zechariah 7, verses 1 through 14. This is in the fourth year of King Darius. The word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of Kislev. Our parasha, that's our Torah portion for today, is toldot, which means generations. And our Torah portion is in Genesis chapter 27, verses 28 through chapter 28, verse 4. Before we begin reading God's word, let us bless and thank him. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives the Torah of truth and the good news of salvation to his people Israel and to all peoples through his son, Yeshua the Messiah, our master. May God give you from the dew of the sky and from the fatness of the land an abundance of grain and new wine. May peoples serve you and may nations bow down to you. Be master over your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and may those who bless you be blessed. No sooner had Isaac finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had just gone out from his father Isaac's presence, than Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Then he also prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father, and he said to his father, Let my father get up and eat of his son's wild game, that your soul may bless me. His father Isaac said, Who are you? And he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled with intense trembling and said, who was it then that hunted wild game and brought it to me? I ate it all just before you came, and I blessed him, and yes, he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he shouted with an intensely bitter groan. Then he said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. 
Then he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. He said, is this why he was named Jacob? Since he's tricked me twice already, my birthright he's taken. Look, now he's taken my blessing. Then he said, haven't you saved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, behold, I've made him master over you and all your brothers. I've given to him as servants. I've provided him with grain and new wine. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you just have one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, said to him, Behold, away from the land's fatness shall your dwelling be, away from the dew of the sky above. By your sword shall you live, and your brother shall you serve. But when you tear yourself loose, you will tear his yoke off your neck. So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, Let the time for mourning my father draw near, so that I can kill my brother Jacob. Now to Rebekah was reported the words of Esau, her elder son. So she sent and called for Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Look, your brother Esau is consoling himself about you with the thought of killing you. So now, my son, listen to my voice. Get up, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran. Then stay with him a few days until your brother's rage subsides, until your brother's rage turns away from you and he forgets what you've done to him. Then I'll send for you and get you back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth, like these women, from the daughters of the land, what is life to me? So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him, commanded him, and said to him, Don't take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Get up, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take for yourself a wife from there, from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Now may the Lord bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you so that you will become an assembly of peoples. And may he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your seed with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojourn, which God gave to Abraham. And that concludes our parasha for today. Next, we're going to read from Judges chapter 16. Once Samson went to Gaza and eyed a prostitute there, so he went to her. The Gazites were told, Samson has come here. So they surrounded him, lay in ambush for him all night at the gate of the city, and kept quiet all night, saying, When morning light comes, then we will kill him. But Samson lay in bed till midnight, got up at midnight, grabbed the doors of the city gate, along with the two gate posts, and pulled them up, bar and all. 
Then he put them on his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the mountain that is near Hebron. It came about afterward that he fell in love with a woman in the city valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. So the Philistine lords came up to her and said to her, Coax him, see where his great strength comes from, and by what we may overpower him, so we might bind him to subdue him. Then will each of us give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, please, where does your great strength come from? How could you be bound to subdue you? Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh cords that have never been dried, then I would be weak and be like any other man. So the Philistine lords brought up to her seven fresh cords that had never been dried, and she bound him with them, while an ambush was waiting in an inner room. The Philistines are upon you, Samson, she said to him. But he broke the cords just as a strand of straw snaps when it touches fire, so his strength remained unknown. Delilah said to Samson, Oh, you deceived me. You lied to me. Now tell me, please, how can you be bound? And he told her, If they only bind me with new ropes never used for work, then I will be weak and be like any other man. So Delilah took new ropes, tied him up with them, and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. Yet while the ambush was waiting in the inner room, he snapped them from his arms like a thread. So Delilah said to Samson, Up to now you've mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you can be bound. He told her, If you weave the seven locks of my head with the web of a loom. So she pinned it with a pin and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled away from the pin of the loom and the web. How can you say I love you? She said to him. When your heart is not with me, this is three times you've deceived me and not told me where your great strength comes from. Now it came about when she nagged him daily with her speeches and kept bothering him, his soul was annoyed to death. So he divulged to her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever been upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaved, then my strength will go from me, and I will be weak and be like any other man. Now when Delilah realized that he had confided to her all his heart, she sent and called for the Philistine lord, saying, Come up this time, for he has told me all his heart. So the Philistine lords came up to her and brought the silver in their hand. Then she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and had the seven locks of his head shaved off. She even began to humiliate him while his strength departed from him. Then she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. When he woke from his sleep, he thought, I'll go out, as at other times, and shake myself off. He did not comprehend that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze chains, and he became a grinder in the prison. 
However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it was shaved off. Now the Philistine lords gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to celebrate, as they said, Our god has given us our enemy Samson into our hand. When the people saw him, they praised their god as they said, Our god has given into our hand our enemy and the destroyer of our country who has slain many of us. Now it came about, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may amuse us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he did make them laugh when they made him stand between the pillars. Then Samson said to the lad that held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars on which the temple rests, so I may lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the Philistine lords were there and about 3,000 men and women on the roof, looking on while Samson was amusing them. Then Samson called out to the Lord and said, My Lord, Lord, please remember me, and please strengthen me only this once, O God, so that I may this once take revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the temple rested and leaned on them one with his right hand and the other with his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He bent with all his might so that the temple fell on the Lord's and on all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed during his life. Then his kinsmen and all his father's household came down lifted him, brought him up, and buried him between Zorah and Eshtel, in the tomb of his father Manoah, for he had judged Israel twenty years. That concludes our readings in Judges. Now we're going to continue on to the writings. Today we're reading from Psalm 37. Of David, do not fret because of evildoers. Do not be envious of them who do wrong. For like the grass, they soon wither and fade like a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the requests of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do it. He will bring out your vindication as light and your cause will shine as noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over one prospering in his way, over one carrying out wicked schemes. Put away anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to doing evil. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Yes, you will look at this place, but he will not be there. But the meek will inherit the land, and delight in abundant shalom. The wicked plots against the righteous, and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees his day is coming. The wicked have unsheathed their swords and have bent their bows. 
to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose conduct is upright. Their swords will pierce their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. Better a little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked, for the arms of the wicked will be broken. While the Lord upholds the righteous, the Lord knows the days of the blameless. Their inheritance endures forever. They will not be ashamed in an evil time. And in days of famine, they will be satisfied. For the wicked will perish and the enemies of the Lord will be like the beauty of the fields. They will vanish, vanish like smoke. The wicked borrows and does not repay. But the righteous is a gracious giver. For his blessed ones inherit the land, but those he curses will be cut off. From the Lord a man's steps are made firm, when he delights in his way. Though he stumble, he will not fall headlong, for the Lord is holding his hand. I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous one forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, so his offspring will be a blessing. Turn from evil and do good, so you may live forever. For the Lord loves justice and does not abandon his godly ones. They will be preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The, the word of the, his God is in his heart. He, his steps do not slip. The wicked lies in wait for the righteous, seeking to slay him. But the Lord will not leave him in his hand, or let him be condemned when judged. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man flourishing like a leafy tree in native soil, but once he passed by, he was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Notice the man of integrity and watch the upright, for the man of Shalom has a future, but transgressors will be destroyed altogether. The future of the wicked will be cut off, Yet the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He rescues them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. And that concludes our readings in the writings today. Lastly, we're going to read from the apostolic writings. And today's reading is in Matthew and it is chapter 27, verses 1 through 31. When daybreak came, the ruling Kohanim and elders of the people conspired against Yeshua to put him to death. And they tied him up, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judah, his betrayer, saw that Yeshua had been condemned. Feeling remorse, he brought the thirty silver pieces back to the ruling Kohanim and elders, saying, 
I've sinned, betraying innocent blood. But they said, what's that to us? You see to it yourself. After tossing the silver into the temple sanctuary, he left. Then he went off and hanged himself. But the ruling Kohanim took the silver pieces and said, It is not permitted to put these in the treasury, since it is blood money. So after they conferred, they bought with them the potter's field as a cemetery for strangers. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty silver pieces, the price of him on whom a price had been set by Benai Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, just as the Lord arranged for me. Now Yeshua stood before the governor. The governor questioned him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? You say so, Yeshua said. And while he was accused by the ruling Kohanim and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how many things they testify against you? Yeshua did not answer, not even one word. So the governor was greatly amazed. Now during the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner, anyone they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Yeshua Baraba. So when they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release for you? Yeshua, who is Bar-Abba, or Yeshua, who is called Messiah? For he knew that they had handed him over out of envy. While Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, Don't have anything to do with that righteous man, for today I've suffered many things in a dream because of him. Now the ruling Kohanim and elders persuaded the crowds that they should ask for Baraba and destroy Yeshua. But the governor responded, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Baraba. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Yeshua, who is called Messiah? Execute him, all of them say. But Pilate said, Why? What evil has he done? But they kept shouting, all the more saying, let him be executed. When Pilate saw he was accomplishing nothing, but instead a riot was starting, he took some water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this blood, he said. You see to it yourselves. All the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released them to Baraba. And after he had Yeshua scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Yeshua into the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe around him. And after braiding a crown of thorns, they placed it on his head and put a staff in his right hand. And falling on their knees before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him, and they took the staff and beat him over and over on the head. When they finished mocking him, they stripped the robe off him and put his own clothes back on him, and they led him away to crucify him. 
that concludes our readings in the apostolic writings today. If you're reading through the apostolic writings twice in this annual cycle, also read Romans chapter 13 today. Thank you for listening along as I read to you for Daily Bread for Busy Moms. I'm Sarah Ruth, reading from the Appalachian Mountains of Georgia and the USA. Shalom until next time. Thank you.